Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Air conditioning from Legacy Heating and Cooling is like a country love song because you always know exactly what you're getting. Cause girl, you're hotter than Tennessee, cooler than Legacy's AC, blowing that southern breeze over me. America, cold beer, pickup trucks, John Deere, you see? Legacy is that predictable because Legacy always has AC in stock and will install it faster than a truck burning down a back road. Plus, no interest and no payments for one year. That's how you lasso your Legacy. Legacy Heating and Cooling. Hearing the sizzle from Ruth's Chris Steakhouse adds that little extra to every occasion. Savor the succulents with a mouth-watering aged prime steak served on a signature 500-degree plate, ensuring every morsel sizzles to the last bite. Whether you're celebrating a special moment or savoring a night on the town, every meal's an occasion at Edmonton's best steakhouse, Ruth's Chris. And remember, if it doesn't sizzle, send it back. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by World of Spas, Edmonton's number one hot tub and swim spa dealer. The ideal place to start your daily vacation on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. You know, people are listening. It's 134 in Edmonton, Derek. I've, we've had about 18 texts on Irma. Yes, there was wood rafters in the arena. Uh, Gordy Mark uh, is a guy that came out of Irma and made it. There's a whole run of texts that have come in from people. I know this guy from Irma that played back then. You, it's Personally, un- I don't even know where Irma is. It's, really? It's like uh, towards Saskatchewan. Oh, okay. Okay, so I guess it would be, it's, I'm thinking. So it would be east yeah, somewhere. It's, it's east of Edmonton. Okay. About, an, I don't know, about two hours. Right. Yeah, it's near Wainwright. Okay, right on. All right. 134 in Edmonton Royal Pizza, Pizza Pass, and so much more. Get their new boneless wings, 8 for $13.95, 16 for $25.95. You can visit royalpizza.ca, where the staff recommendation is the Mediterranean chicken. As we head off to the River Cree Resort and Casino Hotline, and welcome back to the show after about at least a one-year absence, Darcy McLeod, better known as Wood Guy on Twitter. This guy knows the numbers, and he's about to present some that maybe present that the Oilers should have gone with a different path in their playoff series against the Vegas Golden Knights. Hello, Darcy. How you doing? Pretty good, Bob. How are you? Good. Um, all right. Uh, let's get to it. We will start. You've recently posted a piece. Uh, first of all, where can people read this about uh, Ryan McLeod? It's on my blog. It was the first thing I've written in over two years there. Uh, it's called becauseoilers.blogspot.com. Because Oilers. And basically, what is the piece about, about Ryan McLeod? Well, it, what, what spurred this, Bob, is that uh, when we're watching the games, uh, some of us, some of the guys I talk hockey with, and we're, we're discussing this on Twitter as well, we're talking about how it was Eichel that was killing the Oilers. 
And at the at the end of the the series, the Oilers actually the Oilers dominated the the special teams goals. And if you take Eichel's line out of it, the Oilers got one more five on five goal. But Eichel's line outscored the Oilers eight to one. That was the difference in the series. And two things were noticed. Number one. He was getting <laughs> Woodcroft really wasn't chasing a matchup, and Eichel was out there a lot uh, versus either some of it was dry sidle, and then you'd have RNH who was centering a line on his own, and also Bukestad. And it was especially after the Oilers' power play, uh, it was like clockwork that the Oilers would send out Bukestad, and uh, Vegas would send out Eichel, and Eichel would get a goal. Like it's the amount of time that Bukestad spent on the ice versus Eichel. Like the goals against were unbelievable. It was like three goals, three goals in a total of like nine minutes or something. So we were discussing that he should uh, that Woodcroft was, should actually probably have a better matchup. And so I, I had a look at how they were actually doing versus Eichel in that series. So very small samples, but McDavid, of course, was doing very well, but McLeod was doing well. And that got me thinking, and of course, that was just game four and five, then the last game happened, and here we are. But I looked at the last game, the last game, McLeod did very well again against Eichel, but he wasn't out there much, just two and a half minutes. But I looked at how McLeod did against elite forwards. There's a website that I'm actually a part of called PuckIQ.com, and it's free. And what we do is we, we break down uh, NHL forwards into three groups, elite, middle, and then we call them gritensity, you know, fourth liners, uh, energy guys. Actually, a lot of AHL tweeners in there, a lot of rookies who aren't any, any good yet. And, and we break down how each player in the NHL does against those different levels of competition. Now, there's a lot of stuff that goes into it. Who you play with is a massive one. But when, it doesn't matter which way you look at it. I found that Ryan McLeod actually shows up really, really well. He's among the, uh, the top 40 NHL forwards against elite forwards, and that's, that's, that's a big deal. You know, out of the 245 NHL forwards or, or guys who are listed as center who, who played at least 100 minutes against elite forwards last year, only 70 of them were in the positive, and McLeod was among them. And, in fact, he was 37th. And you can look at it two or three different ways. He always came, up, came out about 35th and 37th. That's a really good number. Like, I don't know how to, to make that clear to people who don't have a clue what I'm talking about, but playing against elite forwards is the toughest thing you can do in the NHL, and he does really well. He does really well at it, and I just, you know, and then you look at the the results of McLeod versus L.A., and they're really good. You look at the results of McLeod against Eichel in that series, and they're excellent. But who got the most ice time? Dreisaitl. And McLeod actually got, well, McDavid got the second most, and then McLeod way down the list. And Drysaddle doesn't have a history of, of doing really well against elite forwards. In fact, you look, it, it, only one year did he, out, did he come out on, uh, on the good side of 50% in terms of shot share and goal share. So it, it, it's not saying Drysaddle's a bad player. Drysaddle's one of the best players in the world. But what he does well is not check the other team's elite players. That's just not in his skill set, not in his wheelhouse. Maybe he needs a lot more help on the wings. So I had the idea to write the first thing I've written in two and a half years, and that is if Woodcroft knew how good McLeod was against elite forwards, changed the matchup against Eichel, maybe this whole uh, series swings a different way. All right. Uh, a couple things. Joe Resnick would be super happy with you. That's uh, Ryan McLeod's agent. 
if anybody would know Ryan McLeod's strengths and abilities, Jay Woodcroft's coached and helped develop this guy down in the minors. Sometimes there's a reluctance from coaches with younger players. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I'm not, you know, I think Jay Woodcroft's a good coach. I really do. I think he's done a great job with the team. But every coach has their blind spots, and NHL coaches not trusting younger players is like the sun coming up in the east and setting in the west. It, you can, you know, it's pretty normal. So maybe he just, you know, the stuff I'm talking about isn't easy to see unless you dig into how well they do in specific minutes against specific players. And if you're not being fed those numbers, it, it just might not occur to you that, hey, you know what, I, I think I can trust this guy against tougher players more than some of my actual better players because in this specific circumstance, they're a better, they're, they get better results. And one of the reasons I think McLeod and, and McDavid, and of course McDavid's one of the best in the league at it, one of the reasons they do so well against elite players is that they're both very fast. So that allows them to get back on the back check. But more importantly, when you look at why they do well, Bob, it's they have less, most of it is, is less shots against. So they're, they're getting the puck out of the zone and back into the offensive zone against the top players, and, and having speed is, is really critical to doing that. Well, you know Ken Holland recognized it because he talked about the fact that he thought Ryan McLeod had, had two good playoffs in a row. Uh, that's an interesting distinction. Now, Darcy, is here's a confusing thing for me about Vegas. I mean, the Oilers outshot Vegas 75-53 to in the final two games of the series. They got beat 4-3 in Vegas, a game in which Vegas got seven power plays. Edmonton had four, albeit one a five-minute major. Edmonton went three for four in the power play in game five. They outshot Vegas 40-22 to in game six and lost. Um, is it too simple to just say, well, the Oilers didn't get enough stops, and unfortunately... Drysaddle, Nurse, and CeCe happened to be a part of that 5v5, especially in Game 6. Or was there something that, you know, Vegas was doing? Because they killed every goaltender that they went up against. If you look at the save percentages of the four series, they, they, they won in Route 20 in the Stanley Cup. Yeah, Skinner's save percentage was the same as Ottinger's, who got Vesna votes this year and last year. And it was better than Hellebuck's and Bobrovsky, who have won Vesna's. So it's not just the goalie, it's, it's the way Vegas plays. And there's two things. Vegas will often get outshot, because two things, they have the lead a lot and you get outshot when you have the lead. But also number two is that they will let the opposing team shoot. They just won't let them do cross uh, cross seam passes and get in get into the high danger shooting zones. Uh, the the coach of Vegas, geez, what's his name? Bob? Bruce Help Cassidy. Me. Thank you, Cassidy. That was his claim to fame when you saw how the Boston Bruins played under him, and they still play that way. It's the same thing. You can take the shots that you want. You can take as many shots as you want, but you won't get the shots you actually do want. They're very low percentage shots, and so it looks like you get Goldie. And straight up, Aiden Hill made some incredible saves in the series. They did get Goldie to bit, but mostly they couldn't get to the, the high-danger areas where the shooting percentage is 30%, not like 2% from the point or, or 5 percent from the sideboards and whatnot and so that's number one number two when you look at their four check 
they don't retrieve the puck and then kind of create their umbrella and start to, to look for seams to shoot through. They're immediately into shooting zones. Their forecheck immediately turns into shots from the high danger zones. You look at especially the way Barbashev was playing, and, and of course Marcia show he won the he won the con Smythe. They get into the high danger spots immediately before the other team can regroup and set up the defense. And that's another big reason why they lit up every team that they played against is because of the way the Cassidy has them playing. The forecheck isn't designed just to get possession, then okay, then they try to find their way to the net. As soon as they have possession, it's right into those zones. The, the, the players are already going there. The, uh, the, the player at the puck knows they're going there. It, it's very quick. It's, uh, it's, it's something to behold. Well, it's interesting. There's one way to combat speed. And in the NFL, uh, and I'm going to a little history lesson for people out there, but uh, the 100-meter champion in the 64 Olympics was a guy named Bullet Bob Hayes. The Dallas Cowboys made him an NFL player. And uh, he was so fast that teams had to counter how they dealt with him, and you couldn't cover him man-on-man. So they created zone in the NFL as basically a response primarily to Bullet Bob Hayes. Uh, in the NBA, players that had immense quickness and could drive the lane, the way to defend that was zone. And the way to deal with players with speed off the rush, not surprisingly, well, it works in other sports, zone. And, I, I, you know, Vegas played zone, and they didn't sit there and get picked off chasing guys all over the ice. And the Oilers played a, a low three-on-three where they did have some challenges Um and one of the things that happens is when you get quick opportunities, when you're playing zone, you know where everybody is on the ice. When you're playing man-on-man, sometimes you don't know anything. Do you think maybe that's part of the, the modus operandi as to why Vegas was successful? Was because of the zone that they had that basically passed off McDavid from one player to another player and forced them to kind of play through two or three players to drive the net to get uh, opportunities on goal? Yeah, no question. But the the team also has to play it well. They, you know, everyone's got to have their head screwed on right and know exactly what their job is, where they're going, and how far they're going to go. And and the system that Woodcroft plays, it, it can make some players look really stupid. But but more teams play how Woodcroft plays in the D zone than don't in the NHL. Right. It's it's not it's not uncommon. You just gotta you gotta know your switch offs. You gotta know where everyone's got to be. You know, like on a couple goals, you know, people were screaming for Nurse's head. Nurse was actually one of the guys in the right place on some of those goals that looked really egregious. It was the person who was supposed to cover where he was that made it look bad because, oh, where did Nurse go? Well, he was doing what he was actually supposed to be doing. It was the other guys in behind him. But, you know, you also got to coach to your team. Or if, 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 if they're doing it all year, you can't just change in the playoffs. But Well, they, if, did, if make, they did make a change during the year. They brought the wingers up higher in the defense because the Oilers weren't great at blocking shots and too many... Uh, scoring opportunities were being created off of point shots, off of deflections and that sort of thing. So they tried to take that away. That was a bit of an adjustment that was made during the year. Yeah, and, and if you're playing Cassidy's system, everyone has to buy into getting black and blue from, from pucks because no one blocks shots or as many shots as the Vegas Golden Knights and, and of course, uh, the Bruins. I'd have to look it up. There might be some other guys up there. Well, there was no question of playoffs this year, Vegas blocked. So here's the deal, Darcy. So from your perspective, Darcy McLeod, a.k.a. Wood guy, you're looking at these numbers. How can the Oilers benefit from this carrying forward? Well, what I if if I was Woodcroft and uh, I knew that McLeod had such great results against the elite forwards, 
and Dreisaitl not as much when he's not with McDavid. I, w- I would chase more of that matchup. You can play, you should play McDavid against the other team's best because he'll beat them. And when you can neutralize the other team's best line, that's ideal. And I, and I was actually surprised he didn't go more McDavid against Eichel. Okay. Uh, like he seemed to try to keep McDavid away from Eichel. And Eichel's speedy. Like, like he transports that puck through the neutral zone very fast. Not McDavid fast, but very fast. He knows exactly what he's doing with it. He's a big guy. It's tough to get the puck back off him. So I would utilize my two best centers against tough competition, McDavid and McLeod, specifically against that in matchups, even during the year, and leave a little bit of uh, the easier ice time for Dreisaitl. Dreisaitl might get 140 points if you do that, if, if his assignments are easier during the regular year. That's that's the one takeaway I would I would use, because what he did was pretty much the opposite. His two worst centers, Bukestad and Dreisaitl, got the majority of the ice time. Again, well, now, not, part of it, yeah, it should be stated, part of it was that they were trying to do everything possible to control a matchup from a D-pairing perspective, uh, Vegas, against the McDavid line. Okay. It doesn't but but when I was con- you know I didn't do all the controlling but what okay that's what Vegas was doing defensively yes right yeah so so what well we're just talking about matchups here I mean I think you're uh, there were times there were times they were trying to avoid a specific matchup defensively for uh, for Edmonton right you had Petrangelo yeah, and and you're saying it doesn't matter just go if you're if you're McDavid you're don't worry about it just go right to it he's gonna beat him anyways. I, I would be way more concerned with getting McDavid out against the other the other team's best and neutralizing them, especially you know after four games they're tied two two. It's Eichel that's killing him the whole time. The, the the one thing you should be thinking of is how do we neutralize Eichel? Well, you got you got you got and the biggest fa- bullet in, in the gun, which right. is McDavid, but McLeod would do it too. So if you can split those split Eichel's time between those two guys, you stand a much better chance of winning. Yeah, and McDavid's going to beat who you know he's McDavid, so I wouldn't worry too much about trying to avoid a matchup here. Maybe that's why he only got five minutes or whatever he got in the f- first period of the the, the game six. But I, I I think there's there's when you're being beat by one line, that's the biggest thing you should worry about. All right, so quick hitters. Uh, McLeod should play more. I think there's a possibility that you'll see that next year. They'll maybe cut McDavid and dry settle back in terms of, you know, from 22 minutes and 21 minutes to maybe, I don't know, 20 and 19 or something like that. Uh, what did you think of the Connor Brown signing? Good. Well, you know, it's uh, spent all next year's money, eh? <laughs> and, uh, you know, just like you saw with Boston, Boston went all in and got goalie this year. It's really tough to win the Stanley Cup, but I'm glad they're trying like hell. Okay. And you, your, your numbers would suggest that maybe the heat comes a bit off Skinner based on, uh, by what Vegas did against all four teams and the caliber of goaltenders that they faced along the way. Well, just, yeah, you know, and, and sure, everyone could have been better. There's no question, you know, and, and, and the coach could have been better. Skinner could have been better. But, you know, they torched Hellebuck, Bobrovsky, and Ottinger. Like, that's three of the better goalies in the NHL this year. Well, not Bob until the, the end of the year when he went on his heater. He, he was okay for the rest of the year. But, you know, those are really good goalies, and they lit him up uh, even more than they lit up Skinner. So it, it's, can Skinner be better? Yes. Do you blame him? Eh, I got a tough time when, when Vesna vote-getters and Vesna winners are getting lit up the same to say, oh, it's the goalie. Yeah. All right. Hey, Darcy, great stuff. Thanks for your perspective. Again, where can people read uh, the piece on Ryan McLeod? Peace on Ryan McLeod is uh, because Oilers.blogspot.com. And, Bob, you said I was on a year ago. Remember what I said when I was on a year ago? No. Yeah, they shouldn't sign Campbell. That's what I said. (laughs) 
<laughs> Let's see what happens this year. All right. See you, buddy. See ya. All right. <laughs> I don't remember. Good for him. He just Frank Cervalli me. And speaking of Frank Cervalli, Frank will be on tomorrow's edition of Oilers Now for Horse Racing Alberta. Live thoroughbred racing back at Century Mile Racetrack and Casino every Friday and Saturday. For more information, head to thehorses.com. When we come back, we'll get to this day in Oilers history. Oh, and a little bit of tease about what we're going to do coming up with New West Travel during the course of uh, next season. This is Oilers Now. This is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio 630 Chad. Alright, Mark in St. Albert has texted us on the Ashley Fine Floors text line. He says, Bob, wow, this wood guy is switched on. How in the hell did the Oilers analytics crew not figure this out or is it because we don't really have an analytics crew? Uh, if Woodcroft knew any of this and didn't change the lineups, I would not be impressed for Mark in St. Albert. Again, you can text us at 780 Six three. Uh, we got about fifteen texts that have come in. Uh, Wild Bill says, "Any idea why the owners still don't have a full-blown analytics department? Hire the puck IQ guys, and they can hand this information to coaching and management." Uh, you talked about it a year ago, but that talk has died. Again, you can text us on the Ashley Fine Floors text line. Uh, there you go. Uh, Sounds like somebody needs to spend some time breaking down the analytics, and it's not this guest. Uh, He did a great job. That one comes to us from JB. And Kev says, Bob, you could have gone another two hours on this show after Darcy's appearance today. Uh, Quite a bit to digest there. All right, there you have it. Here's the tease. Let's go to Listian Oilers history for New West Travel. Serving travelers since 1979, you can book your vacation today at newwesttravel.com. New West Travel is going to Nashville in October. That's newwesttravel.com. That's October 17th. We're going to Nashville. Uh, No, we're not taking calls right now in this segment. Thank you. Obviously, a lot of people responding to Darcy's appearance. On this date, 1962, Kevin McClellan was born. Kind of a cult hero figure for the Oilers of a previous generation. Arguably the toughest player pound for pound in Edmonton Oilers team history. Scored the lone goal in the 1-0 game in the 1984 Stanley Cup final. Four Stanley Cups for Kevin McClellan. Special shout out at this time as well for contract equipment. Uh, Contract Equipment Canada's premium heavy equipment dealer rentals and sales for being a part of our free agent frenzy. We had Connor Brown on today's show and Xavier Borgo. Here is what we have coming up uh, on uh, tomorrow's show. Uh, I mentioned Frank Saravalli for the Horses and Horse Racing Alberta. Uh, we'll also have Brian Lawton for Wow Factor Desserts. Tonight, Reed Wilkins on Inside Sports has Jake Chase on, Oilers Prospect, uh, Gord Wilson, longtime broadcaster for the Ottawa Senators, Andy Wigston from the Brick Invitational and Elks this week at 7.30. Up next, a global news weather traffic update with Randy Kelburn, followed by Rob Breckenridge from 2 to 3, and then Chelsea on Ched with Chelsea Bird. Back at you at noon tomorrow. Special thanks to Derek Scott. So long, everybody, from Oilers Now.